The views, ideas, and content of well seekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Well Seekers. Hello, and welcome to Well Seekers, where we are helping you live life well with simple, real life, and everyday ways from the mind down to live happy and well. If you guys have been listening to the show, you know that we have been taking six weeks at a time and taking on an in-depth look at mind, body, spirit issues, and how our whole body works together on a specific set of issues. We just spent six weeks on workplace wellness and how we can live life happy and well at work from the mind down, regardless of where we work or if we like our job. And we had such a great response from that series that we decided to do another six-week series and take on chronic disease. Personally, let's just start with my personal experience. I have had many chronic diseases. First, autoimmune, which I've talked about on this show. I have a couple autoimmune diseases that I deal with. Celiac, which is more common, and people know that's an intolerance, the ability to digest gluten. So my body can't digest gluten in the same way other bodies can, and um, it affects all aspects of my life if I do ingest gluten. So it can mentally make me suffer, physically make me suffer, and there's long-term effects. I also have something called HS, which is a really rare autoimmune disease actually, but it's essentially where the lymph nodes in your body just swell. So specifically under your arms and in different areas, it's often called the hidden autoimmune disease because people don't know that people had it. And I've had it since I was oh gosh, I think 13 years old, 12 or 13. It usually comes on around that time frame. In addition to that, I've definitely struggled. I've talked about this on the show with eating disorders and other issues like that. Those aren't chronic. I feel like those are in remission, but my autoimmune diseases are definitely chronic issues. Because of that, and because of just in my journeys as both a a journalist who've done, I've done so many stories, thousands and thousands of stories, specifically on things like charities for people with chronic diseases from heart disease to cancer, to strokes, to diabetes, to mental health issues. There are just so many people out there struggling. And I went and did some research because you guys know this would it be well seekers without some research and found out that there's an estimate of 45 to 55% of Americans that suffer from at least one chronic disease. So that is over half of us in America alone suffering from some sort of chronic disease. So the next six weeks is going to take on a variety of chronic illnesses. We're going to start with chronic pain. Today, um, we're going to have a guest talk about autoimmune We're going to talk about mental health issues. We're going to talk about cancer and we're going to hear personal stories as well as simple real life and everyday ways to handle some of these illnesses. So today's show, like I said, is about chronic pain. The CDC put out a report in 2016 that said that 50 million or 20% of Americans suffer from some daily form of chronic pain, which to me, I was astounded by that 20% and almost 10% in a way that it impacts their life that they can't work. There was another study done by, I think it's the Institute on Medicine, that they countered that study with saying that 100 million Americans suffer from some form of chronic pain daily. Now, chronic pain could mean a lot of things, right? So that could mean knees, backs, headaches, migraines, just anything that ails you chronically and creates pain in your body. 
I don't have chronic daily pain, but I definitely had chronic pain in my knee before surgery. And I still suffer with some chronic pain there. And I have, I do have some chronic back pain from an old injury. Luckily for me, it's not debilitating. I can't run as long as I want to and can't do certain things like that. But for a lot of people, that chronic pain, that chronic back pain, that chronic knee pain is debilitating. And I will say for me, there are certain things I still can't do because of my knee or because of my back. So these are real life things and real life issues that are impacting Americans and are really a huge portion of Americans. If you look at a number from 50 million to 100 million, that's anywhere from 20 to 40 percent of Americans living with some form of chronic pain. Now, obviously, go visit your doctor, of course, um, because we're not seeing you one on one here at WellSeekers. Um, we always suggest contacting a health professional to get your um, specific situation evaluated and, of course, to get some of your own feedback from a licensed professional that has seen you one on one. But what we want to do is help support your journey and help give you some new information, things to look to and things to bring to your doctor so that you are informed on other ways that you can manage your chronic pain. So there's really two ways that I've seen as being allies in chronic pain and having been someone who suffered from chronic pain and having done research on chronic pain. Because the thing about chronic pain is that it, it could be two things. One, it could be a physical manifestation of a mental health issue. That's called somatic in my line of work. So basically that means if you have some sort of emotion that you haven't dealt with, past trauma, things like that, that sometimes can manifest itself as a migraine or a back pain or a knee issue. So certain things that are happening in your mind can manifest itself physically and vice versa. If you have chronic back pain or if you have a chronic you know, knee pain, ankle pain, something that's keeping you out of work or from visiting friends, that can cause mental health issues. So there really is undeniable that there's this mind-body connection. So because of that, I have done a ton of research in my own journey, in my own wellness journey, and in my journalistic journey, and in my mental health journey, on how we can use lifestyle changes as allies in helping us through that chronic pain. So once again, I am not a doctor. So if you have some sort of back pain, knee pain, things like that, go see your doctor. But I can give you some pretty basic things that we would use to help be an ally in treating your chronic pain. Number one, and you can find more information. The USC Medicine School, they have a great information page specifically around lifestyle changes so that you can manage chronic pain. Now, one of the things that they say is get more sleep. Developing a regular sleep routine is really important for anyone, but especially when you have chronic pain. The next thing is your diet. So our guest today, Dan Rich is going to come on and he's going to talk about some nutritional and supplemental things and really dive into this because diet and nutrition as an ally to manage chronic pain, hydration, different things like that. I cannot speak enough for it from a mental health perspective, how much that aids. Like I just said before, mind and body connection cannot be denied. So Dan's going to come on and talk about that. One of the things that we're a big proponent of here at Well Seekers, which we've talked about before, is meditation. Meditation is a form to help reduce chronic pain, clinically proven time and time again. Now, if you guys are a fan of the show or you listen to the show, Swami, who has been on, he is the master of three-minute meditations. We have some in our video section and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Well Seekers. I totally suggest 
going on there and checking it out. For me, as someone who has suffered from knee pain and chronic pain, getting a good night's sleep, having nutritional support, which includes getting enough water and meditating were a huge, huge part of that. Now, if you can exercise, the Center for Disease Control definitely recommends about 150 minutes of moderate exercise a week, which is less than 30 minutes a day. But just that alone can help with self-esteem, with weight loss, and can help those muscles actually lessen the pain because you can start getting them moving. Can't stress this enough. Of course, everyone is an individual, so definitely go to your doctor. Before Dan comes on, I just wanted to give you guys sort of a glimpse at one, how many people are suffering with chronic pain. So if you are a sufferer of chronic pain or you know someone that suffers from chronic pain, you are not alone. Two, that chronic pain can stem from your body and affect your mind or come from your mind and affect your body. So it works both ways and how important it is to pay attention to the mind-body connection. And two, that besides nutrition, which our guests will come on and talk more in depth about, there are some things that you should always keep in mind, like getting more sleep, eating healthy and hydrating, and incorporating some sort of meditation routine into your day to help manage your chronic pain. Now, I used to be one of those people that was just like, okay, yeah, but what should I really do? That is actually when I started doing those things, that is when my life changed, when my mind changed, when my body changed. So um, I cannot stress enough how much those simple things, so simple, real life, everyday things, which is what we talk about here on Mall Seekers, can reduce your stress, help your mental health, help your physical health, and just help your life in general. Now, if you want to know more about the nutrition, because I'm Obviously, if you guys listen to the show, you know how heavy I am into nutrition and supplements and how I believe that mind-body connection is so vital and so huge. You are going to want to stick with us because our guest, Dan Rich, is going to come on. He is the owner and founder of LVL Up Coach, Level Up Coach. He's a wealth of knowledge and he has some information that I know you are not going to want to miss. Dan is going to join us next and he is going to give us some simple, real, everyday ways to use nutrition and supplements to help manage chronic pain. So we'll be right back with Dan on Well Seekers. You're listening to Well Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. You want to be part of the Seekerhood? It's easy. Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com. Hey guys, it's Lucia, and I am so excited to tell you about our brand new YouTube page. All you have to do is go to YouTube backslash Wellseekers and find simple, real, everyday ways to live holistically happy and well. Help your mind, your mood, your body, and your life. We here at Wellseekers like to say we are for imperfect people seeking happiness and wellness in modern times. We have so many things thrown at us and there's so many different information, but we want to break it down to you in simple, real, everyday ways. So you can check out new videos, short videos, long videos, videos from our guests, all sorts of things to help you live life happy and well. So check us out, our brand new page at Wellseekers on YouTube and make sure to subscribe today. And we are back on Well Seekers with our guest this week, Dan Rich. And Dan is the owner of LVL Up Coach, Level Up Coach. And he specializes in working with clients one-on-one to educate, empower, and develop lifestyle changes using nutrition and fitness as his tool. He's passionate about helping others succeed in any facet of life that he can help with, which is perfect for all of us here at Well Seekers. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today on Well Seekers. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. So, Dan, we were talking about before you came on the show, we were talking about two things. One, we're doing a series on chronic disease. And chronic disease can mean a lot of things, mental, physical, all sorts of chronic disease. But what was interesting to me and why we decided to do this series was because over half of Americans have some form of chronic disease. And today we're talking about chronic pain as one of those diseases. And the reason that we're talking about chronic pain is it it's estimated between 50 million and 100 million Americans have some form of chronic pain, which to me is staggering. So before we launch into some of the ways and some of the methods that you have used to help manage chronic pain with some of your clients. I just wanted to talk to you about, because I have my own feelings on why this is happening. Why do you think so many people are suffering from chronic pain? I think in um, modern day and age, uh, a lot of our chronic pain could stem from a lot of different means, but we're slowly uh, focusing more and more on the fact that inflammation plays a big role into these chronic diseases. And understanding how inflammation actually plays into what I, what we do dietarily and nutritionally is a big portion of it too. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of the idea that what we what we eat is what we become. You know, mm. nutrigenomics and nutrigenetics are a huge thing that are coming on the rise in huge areas of study that actually state that what we actually consume alters our genetic codes and can alter different effects. Talk to us about what those two terms mean and why, because I think that those are going to start becoming terms that people start hearing very frequently. So yes, tell us about what they mean and why we need to start paying attention to it. So nutrigenomics is the overarching term. What it essentially means is what we're slowly but surely studying is that what we consume, you know, it breaks down to many different things and resources and what have you, but it also can alter genetic codes and can alter gene manipulation, allowing things to, um, uh, you know, mutate, not mutate, whatever have you, that it actually interacts with that on a more defined level. So what we consume does actually have definition on what we are health-wise. And that gives more of a weight to what nutrition is and how nutrition could be seen as more of a preemptive means to help people and improve health. And so it's taking the concept of what traditional medicine truly is and kind of giving it a little bit of a spin and saying, hey, you know, we could actually look at this in a nutritional realm and, you know, improve health in that kind of sense more. Do you think that that has changed, Dan? Because I just know that, uh, so I'm Italian and I feel like, you know, growing up, we did have very rarely, but we did have some processed foods. Do you think that it's just we have started to alter our nutrition to almost completely processed foods as a society and we need to start getting back to maybe what it used to be like? Um, or do you think that this has always been this way? Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you feel yeah. like it's something that we've changed, our food has actually changed or what we're consuming has actually changed? Does that make sense? So it does make sense. So there's a lot of things that come along with it because when we look at modern day society, I assume we're taking like America as the spectrum. Sure. And within America, there's like a huge amount of fluctuation, uh, you know, depending on where you live, what resources are available um, and things of that nature and having fresh products and, uh, or uh, you know, phyto compound rich products, which are uh, vegetables and fruits and things like that, become less common in some areas, which can result in, you know, more of a uh, processed food diet. And that can result in more inflammation and cause different changes along the like. 
Um, and that's something that we can talk about more too. Uh, so it really depends. It really depends. I'm not sure if I say that we have to, you know, go into a retrograde and go back in time and try and go back to where we were. But I think what we can do is kind of give a better evaluation of what we have now, what things we can potentially do even better with what all the tools and technology and the food science that we have now. And we can make that even a better approach to our nutrition. How do you think it's going to alter our genetics? What do you think it's going to do to the following generations if we sort of stay stay the course that we're on right now as opposed to paying attention and seeing these as warning signs that half of America or more has a chronic disease and a, potentially a third of Americans have some sort of you know chronic pain? If we stay that course genetically, where do you see us headed? I it would be bold of me to predict that, but what I could say is <laughs> give us your is best that, estimate. <laughs> <laughs> what I what I could say is uh, evaluating uh, the American diet currently, we have an extremely high amount of saturated fat and extremely low amount of um, you know uh, unsaturated fats or polyunsaturated fats, which are our healthy fats. And what that would do if we prolong that system, I can only imagine that we'd increase our inflammatory effects even further as we went forward, resulting in more of a case that, you know, chronic disease could occur in a more of a large branching realm, mm -hmm. per se. Mm -hmm. But this is just, that would just be a hypothesis. It would have to be proven over a longevity study. Um, but that's how I would see it occurring. If we didn't make, you know, routine ritualized changes to improve our health, you know, one step at a time today, it could alter, you know, uh, genetic codes and how we view uh, our nutrition and our health going forward. It's incredible to think of what could happen if we don't right? course correct at this point. So Dan, before we get into, because I'm really curious to see what you see in because you work with clients one-on-one -on -one in the realm of chronic pain and some simple and real life ways that if someone's listening to chronic pain, maybe we can you know, alter or make some changes to our nutrition. And we talked about some lifestyle techniques before you came on. Um, mm -hmm. But is there a reason that you personally got in to this line of work? Was Is there a personal story behind it? Or why do you care so much about this? So I got into this line of work because I was passionate about um, learning more about nutrition and things fitness related. Um, and more and more I got into it, the more I understood that this can't just be for me. I can't be selfish with this information. I need to be able to educate and help people and help others. So that's where I started shifting my focus of, yes, I need to learn this information. I need to understand it and be able to convey it in such a manner that people understand it because that's what I should be doing. You know, uplift people, motivate people and get people the success and the health that they truly desire. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of that's what drives me. That's what I like to do. I love it. Same. I feel like I do this show and I run well seekers with incredible people that help me and surround me because I care about the information that I've learned. And I know that it's life changing because it's changed my own life. Mm -hmm. These methods, mind, body, it's all tied together and we have to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. Back when I was growing up, I feel like we just naturally did it. It wasn't as much of something that we needed to put a focus into. But now I think because there's so many other distractions and so many other courses to take that lead us away from wellness, it's it needs to be a focus. Do you find that too? I do. I do. I actually really appreciate the um, the refocusing and the recentering of uh, you know nutrition in general that's come about within the last you know two decades or so. People are really wanting to say, hey, 
you know, what is actually in our food? Is this actually good for me? Yeah. And is should this I actually be eating food? It? Right. Is this actually, that's a good question too. Is this actually food? Yeah. And uh, kind of creating that evaluation for themselves and that natural curiosity. I think uh, it does come back to a sense of, um, you know, maybe childhood or, you know, just going with what you had. But I think it's a great thing that people are starting to really take a look and a hard stance on what they want to eat and, um, you know, how that develops within themselves. One of my favorite things that I one of my favorite own lines that I use <laughs> is <laughs> just because it's edible doesn't mean that it's food. So mm-hmm. just because we can eat it doesn't mean that it's actually helping or nourishing your body in some sort of way. Yep. Going from that into the topic of the day, which is chronic pain. What are some of the biggest chronic pain issues that you see and deal with on a daily basis? What I would have to deal with, I, I have been luckily and fortunate enough that the majority of my physical pain has come from, um, you know, injuries relating to um, uh, weightlifting and competing and that kind of sense. So I've lucked out in that realm. But when it comes to working with um, clientele that really are focusing on uh, mitigation of pain, uh, a lot of the times we relate back to the idea that infla- inflammation is kind of the basis for a lot of these chronic pain, a lot of this chronic disease. So how do we start to alter their diet and all that so that we can reduce that inflammation routinely through a long period of time that brings that entire thing, the entire inflammatory down throughout their entire system? That's what we really focus on when I work on with clientele. Let me just give you an example. So I have dealt with chronic pain. I've dealt with mostly, I mean, I know that other people have different types of chronic pain. My chronic pain has been predominantly knee pain and back pain. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think doctors would take a look at that and say, hey, that's because of overuse and different things like that. So from a nutritional standpoint, because I believe that inflammation is involved in that as well. One of the Mm -hmm. procedures that I got, he actually removed my joint lining because it was so inflamed, he said. Mm. So um, is it sounds like nutritionally, you look at inflammatory uh, foods and things that inflame our body and look at chronic pain and deal with it from an inflammation point of view. Is that what you would have said for my knee and my back as well? Yeah. So what I would have, it would have been more of an analysis of, um, you know, what we would have to figure out the causes and everything like that. But what I would have done and said, Hey, so inflammation in general is a natural response that our immune system has. It's completely normal. It's the idea of, you know, uh, our body views that there's some sort of injury or outside pathogen in one site in particular and says, Hey, we need to fix this. We need to fix this. So that's where all the red blood cells swelling to the spot come from. That's where the pain comes from because it's from the cells and the white blood cells and everything like that trying to take care of the problem at hand. The problem is with that, that inflammation can be chronic in a sense because it doesn't actually end. So our system can get into some sort of you know loop where it consistently tries to hit that same point. And there's a lot of things that come with that, but that's how we, when we're looking at chronic uh, pain or chronic inflammatory disease or anything like that, you're looking at that inflammation occurring on a routine basis for some reason. And how do we actually mitigate that inflammation? And there's a ton of different ways nutritionally, uh, and there's a broad spectrum of those ways as well. What are some of maybe your top three, I don't know how many you prepared, we'll take all that you have, but (laughs) if you have your top three ways that someone dealing with chronic pain could use nutrition as a support to reduce the inflammation since that is a primary cause. Obviously, I think what Dan is saying, 
I mean, I needed surgery, right? But mm-hmm. there are things that I could do and did do nutritionally to help support reduction in the inflammation. So this is, may not be the cure-all. It may be for some people, but it definitely, regardless, is going to help with chronic pain. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yes, entirely. Perfect. That is exactly what I'm saying. So if someone's struggling with chronic pain, what are some simple and real life ways that we can use nutrition as an ally to help with our chronic pain? Yeah. So the biggest one is probably one that you've definitely heard before. I know most people have heard before, um, but I'll kind of break down what it really means. Um, So you may have heard of omega-3s and omega-6 fatty acids before. Yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, big, big thing. So fish oils is what we call the omega-3s. And then Omega-6s are generally the um, types of fat that we get from meat products and of the like and dairy products and like that. So the problem is, is in American diets, we traditionally have a really, really strange ratio. We traditionally have a 15 to 1 or 16 to 1 ratio of omega-6 to omega-3s. So because that ratio is completely lopsided, so there's so much omega-6 to so little omega-3s, that is where we inherently get an inflammatory response from. It's because the omega-3s have the ability to reduce LDL cholesterol, Mm -hmm. and HDL cholesterol amazingly comes from the omega-6s, so we have that lopsided effect, and because of that, there's a chronic inflammatory response that can occur from it. So a lot of the times... When someone says the omega threes are, you know, they're they're uh, the best anti-inflammatory dietary agent, it's just because in American diets we traditionally don't have many of them. And if we had more of a ratio between the two, like a one to one or even a three to one, you would have a lot more beneficial effects from the omega threes. All right, Dan, I have a bunch of questions about this. The first okay. one is. And you may not know this, but why? Why? As a country, we have some of the brightest minds. Why do we not have that ratio down yet of incorporating this into our food? Um, A lot of the times is because the omega-3s mainly come from either fatty fish products or they come from seaweed, uh, so kelp. And uh, we as a country have decided that um, processing our beef and dairy products has become more of a concentration due to, you know, so many things, societal, you know, um, you know, food shortage, 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 uh, excuse me. Shortage. And then all, yes, yes exactly. <laughs> yeah. All, and all the like, yes. uh, we mainly need to focus on feeding a populace. And because of that, it's been much easier to uh, focus on beef products and things of that nature. And we've swayed away from the idea of having fish on a regular basis just because it doesn't work economically. So there's not enough good food to feed us all. Is that really the the short and I don't know if you know that either, but is there not enough food to feed us all? The conceptual nature of having a worldwide food shortage is, you know, been played around with. And if we don't make more renewable processes within our um, how we produce our food, we may come to that point at some point. Yes. Mm. But the uh, the the reason why we won't have more omega threes on a regular basis, there's so many things that would go into that. Um, and even preference. Some people don't even like seafood. I was going to ask you, that was my other question. What if you're a vegetarian? Because I have got a lot of vegetarians in my life. There's seaweed, seaweed and all the like. And you can even get um, you can get omega three pills in from seaweed, from kelp. Flax as well is probably a great source. Yes, it has some. Um, It definitely has some. It's not as concentrated, but yes, it does. 
so the next one that we really want to focus on is uh, having diets that are full of the things called phyto compounds. And phyto compounds are mainly plant-based compounds that are from plants and vegetables and things of that nature. And we found more and more that having those compounds in our diet actually has a lot of either anti-inflammatory or antioxidant effects. And both of those will benefit us in the long run when it comes to having inflammation or if it comes to um, you know, having a better body and a healthier body. So what are those and where can we find them? Yeah, I'll give you a couple of my favorites Okay. Um, just off the top. So one of my favorites that has a lot of research behind it is um, curcumin. So curcumin is a phyto compound mainly found in turmeric. And that's mm-hmm. why there's been a lot of research and looking into that recently, at least in the nutritional field, that curcumin is so beneficial when it comes to all sorts of things antioxidant related. So the difference between an anti-inflammatory agent and an antioxidant agent is the antioxidant is mainly working to inhibit something we call oxidation reactions. Okay. So in our body, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of chemical reactions every second. And that's just because, you know, we have to function and that's how we function. And some of those reactions will give off byproducts. These byproducts can sometimes be categorized as free radicals. Now, these free radicals have a tendency to hit into, you know, different cell membranes. They can affect different genetic codes. They can affect a lot of different things. And these lovely agents called antioxidant agents have the ability to essentially nullify those effects or be able to stop those oxidation reactions altogether. So that's kind of the difference between the two um, when it comes to anti-inflammatory agents, specifically looking at inflammation and antioxidant agents that are looking at the oxidation reaction that can lead to inflammation. Interesting. So, and the free ra- free radicals are what we hear about. When I think hear free radical, I think cancer. That's just because it's usually correlated to that, right? There's free radicals are just a natural byproduct of a lot of our chemical reactions, but okay. too many free radicals can have carcinogenic effects. Okay. Um, they have the ability to alter a lot of different things in our systems. Um, You know, when it comes to, you know, going back to the whole genetic code uh, conversation, it can alter certain pieces of our genetic codes. It can make cells mutate. um, And there's a lot of things that can be based off of that. Um, But, yeah, there's definitely carcinogen effects. um, And that's something that we're looking more and more into as, you know, a nutritional society. First of all, I appreciate the breakdown because I understood that. And science was my worst class. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I'm glad. I'm happy um, to. That was great. Um, so turmeric, that is one way to help reduce some of that inflammation that you were talking yeah. about as the byproduct. So turmeric can come because I feel like now it's becoming more of a thing, right? Like mm-hmm. it used to be my friends that were super into health. Like I've been taking turmeric for years before people mm-hmm. and people would be like, why do you take turmeric? Now it comes in every form. I was at Costco the other week and they were selling like liquid turmeric and she was trying to explain to me why it was better than my organic powdered turmeric. Mm. Is there a breakdown or is there a way that our body absorbs it best? Does it matter if I have the organic powder or the pills or the liquid? What should we be looking for as well seekers? Yeah. So as we look into any sort of bio compound that, um, you know, comes in a bunch of different ways, um, breaking it down and understanding uh, what's the best way is just saying what's the most bioavailable way there. Yes, exactly, and, exactly. Right. And so when we look at that, 
a lot of the times, um, you know, un- unbelievably enough, a lot of the times the oral means, the eating of the actual uh, phyl compound is actually the least bioavailable way. Um, you, your stomach has a lot of hydrochloric acid in it, along with a bunch of other different factors that have a really, really good job at breaking things down. So a lot of the times we lose a bunch of our bioavailability uh, because of that. So there's a couple of different forms that uh, have started to be used on a more regular basis. The one that you mentioned with the oil, I assume, was an intravenous form, which means you're uh, taking it out of a, a dropper and putting it underneath your tongue for about 30, 60 seconds and then swallowing. So that would be probably one of your most bioavailable forms. Does it matter, though, if, if I put it, a powder in a shake, does it really matter if I ingest it? Do you know what I mean, if I get it a little bit slower? Um, it's not about the slower. It's about getting rid of the bioavailable portion. So let's say, for example, uh, okay. you have 100% of your curcumin in your turmeric. Got it. Got and you're it. taking it orally. Yeah, you're going to get rid of like 30% of that just because you took it orally. So you're having less of a bioavailability because of it. So it would liquid form actually is better. Janet Costco is right. I would. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I All believe. Right. Thank you, I, Janet I Costco. So. That's yeah. amazing. All yeah. Right. Um, it, it obviously depends on the individual file compound. It depends on the research behind it. But for a general sense, I would say yes. Okay. Um, a liquid underneath the tongue would be more beneficial. You know, when it comes to the whole thing, um, just to answer your original question. Yeah. So when you're looking at a specific file compound within a larger um, plant spectrum, right? So let's call um, turmeric a spice. And within turmeric, there's a huge spectrum of file compounds. There's hundreds of them, right? And so when we're looking to get our most beneficial effect from this single file compound that we know has all these benefits, what we're looking to do is essentially get an extract of it. So when you're looking for the specifics of curcumin, I would always look towards a curcumin extract in that wording. Okay. I'm going to look for that. Awesome. Honestly, Dan, I feel like I'm learning so much. So thank you for all of this (laughs) knowledge. Do you have one? And also, I just want to say one of the things about Well Seekers is breaking it down in simple and real life ways, because I don't know about Mm -hmm. you, but some of the podcasts that I listen to, one, they're like two hours long and I don't have two hours and right. two, um, they're sometimes they're too complex. It's like, okay, give me the extraction. Like, got it. I'm going to go back to Costco. <laughs> right. Go right. get that turmeric. Got it. Um, so yeah. thank you for breaking this down. So, so easily for all of us. Um, I, my pleasure. Is there one or two more things that, that you have used, tried, would recommend or suggest for people dealing with chronic pain to, to reduce inflammation? The other file compound that has a ton of research behind it that I wanted to mention um, was something called resveratrol. Now, resveratrol is a file compound derived from blueberries. It's actually blueberry extract. So that's another one that has a huge amount of research in the same kind of spectrum that curcumin does of saying that we can reduce our you know, oxidation effects. Thus, we could potentially reduce our inflammatory effects because of it. So that's mm-hmm. another one that I would definitely say, hey, you know, take a look at. 
it comes in similar forms. So tell, tell me one more time. So what would we be looking for specifically? So we're looking, if you're looking for resveratrol, mm-hmm. you're looking for resveratrol in more than likely a liquid form. Okay. And if it doesn't come in a resveratrol extract, it may also be worded in a sense of a blueberry extract. Blueberry extract is what it could yep. be referred to as. Okay. Correct. And yep. does eating blueberries produce the same effect? That's a great, that's a great no. question. I would never say no okay. to eating fruits and vegetables, but how you have to look at it is, is, um, you know, because resveratrol, same thing with curcumin, right? It's a very small piece in this wide spectrum of this food group of this blueberry, right? So if I'm going to eat uh, one blueberry, I'm going to get like a 0.01 micrograms of resveratrol, and it's going to have a negligible effect. So I'm going to have to consume, let's say, 5,000 blueberries to get the effect that I would like from resveratrol. So it's much more beneficial to say, hey, let's get the extract that has that entire 5,000 blueberry worth of resveratrol down into a much smaller format and consume that instead. It's just a little bit easier. Can you spell that for us? Um, Resveratrol, I believe, is R-E-S-V-E-R-A-T-R-O-L. Dan, anything else before we let you go? This was incredible and so much easy, accessible knowledge in here. Anything else that you want to give us? I would basically say takeaways. If you want to, you know, have a more of an anti-inflammatory diet, what I would be focusing on is getting more omega-3s, reducing your saturated fat intake, and thusly maybe increasing your unsaturated fat intake. Uh, and then trying to look at more phyto compounds. And what that really means is trying to consume more plants and veggies that are rich in phyto compounds. Listed a couple here. There's a lot out there and there's a lot of different vegetables and fruits that have a lot to them. Uh, so we could be here all day listing them off if you yeah. wanted. <laughs> yeah. Those would be my main takeaways. Though. Dan Rich, owner of LVL Up Coach, Level Up Coach, specializing in working with clientele one-on-one. If you want to get a hold of Dan, make sure to check him out on his website, lvlupcoach.com, or you can find Dan on Instagram at the LVL Up Coach. Dan, thank you so much for being with us today on Well Seekers. Thank you so much for having me. I had a fun time. And we'll be right back on Well Seekers. Look, we're already friends, right? So let's make it official. Just find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at WellSeekers. Thanks for being part of the Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. And we are back on WellSeekers. Thanks so much to Dan Rich for joining us. So much information. I'm just blown away at how much our food system has changed and also how much our minds and our bodies work together to really make us happy and well, which is the goal here at Well Seekers. Now, if you have a topic that you want to talk about, we asked you guys before to write in about what you want us to talk about during our chronic wellness series. I would love to hear from you. So far, we've had people talk about autoimmune, probably because I talk about autoimmune a lot here on the show. So we're going to have a guest come on and talk about autoimmune. We're going to have someone come on and talk about mental health. We're going to have someone come on and talk about cancer. And we have one more slot open and I've been saving it because I want to hear from you. So DM us at Well 
wellseekers or send us an email at wellseekers.com. If you go on there, there's a contact button, but you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, everything at wellseekers. You can find me on Instagram at Lucia Naz, N-A-Z-Z. Reach out to us and let us know because we are holding that last week for a topic of your choosing. Now, before I let you go, I have to say, because you guys know that I talk about a tool to help with the topic every week. Um, we have just launched, if you go to wellseekers.com and you look under um, shop and then the Wellseekers Club, we of course have a, a new kit every season and our spring kit is here. And this kit is all about spring revival, which I think for chronic pain is essential because one of the things that we talked about in lifestyle management is you need to reduce your stress. And how do you do that? You can do that through exercise. You can do that through meditation. You can do that through just feeling better through nutrition, like Dan was talking about. But spring is definitely the time of year where, you know, it's associated with brighter, warmer temperatures, the rebirth of nature after a long winter. But with those temperatures can actually come a shift in our minds, in our moods, and in our bodies. And we really need to take time to nurture it, to reduce stress, to make sure that we live happy and well and have tools to support us around doing that. So I just want to highlight some of the things that are in that kit. So if you go to wellseekers.com and click on shop and then wellseekers club, you'll see our spring kit is here and I use all of these tools. So one of the things that I love in there, I'm just going to pick one of them, you guys, because I don't want you to feel like you have to subscribe to the box. That's not, I really, truly, sincerely just have assembled these tools because they know they work for me and because I use them. So one of the things that I have used in this box a lot lately are these new things. Cause I'm a big tea fan. I'm a big coffee fan too, if you know me, but I'm also a big tea fan. And one of the things I, I love tea, but I can get lazy sometimes and I don't want to steep the tea. And there's this company called glow. If you click on our featured tools, you can just link to it and, and get it individually. Again, we're not paid to endorse them or anything like that. It's just a product I love and I really use. So I want to share with you guys. They're called Glow Tea Sprinkles. They're amazing, guys. And this is why they're literally just that. They're these tea sprinkles. So you put it in water and you just mix it and it mixes in and that's it. And this specific brand that I have in the spring box is my absolute favorite kind so far from them. They have new kinds coming out all the time. It's like a cherry hibiscus flavor. It's caffeine free. So you can warm it up and have it as a warm tea, or you can put some ice cubes in it and have it as a cold tea, but it tastes amazing. And one of the things that I do with it too, is I put it into smoothies that has antioxidant characteristics. So it's, it's great to help with some of those free radicals that Dan was talking about. Helps your skin, helps your mood, helps your mind helps all of the above everything we talk about here on well seekers so if i were to pick one product from the spring box i mean check out the spring box anyway because i think that it there's lots of good information from it we really try to nurture you in all aspects of holistic happiness and wellness if there's one product in there that i think could help with chronic pain definitely that tea and taking some time for yourself to meditate, make some glow tea and meditate. I do that at night or in the morning. Or like I said, I put it in a shake. I'm going to have to put this recipe up on our site because I make this, I call it like a vanilla cake shake. And whenever I have cravings, I'll make one in the middle of the day and I use glow tea sprinkles in it and it just tastes incredible. I'll have to make that recipe for you guys in a video. So check that out on Wellseekers, the shop page. Like I said, 
I don't get any endorsements from Clove Sprinkles. I just really, really love them. And I think that they can help nurture your holistic happiness and wellness and just want to introduce things like that all the time to you guys, because I know how busy you are and I know time and resources can keep you from holistic wellness. And I don't want that to be a barrier. So check it out online at wellseekers.com. Thanks so much again to Dan Rich for his time and his knowledge and his expertise. And thanks to all of you for taking the time to listen to the show. We are just so honored to have you as part of the Seekerhood. If there's anything that you have questions about or topics you want us to cover, make sure you get in touch with us. You have all of our info at wellseekers.com on all social and wellseekers.com. From all of us here at Wellseekers, thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next week on Wellseekers. How would you like to join the conversation? Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com.